Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with some music while we allow people to get settled in and join us online as well, too. It's uh, the Reverend Milton Bigham uh, with the music, I Really Love the Lord. We appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Uh, good morning, Mr. Gaines and Delia. Good morning, good morning. I'm here just like I said I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking in. Appreciate it. Good morning to my lovely bride. <laughs> Thankful for the air conditioning. I think I feel a little bit of it right now. Amen. Hey, good morning, Jackie. Thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate you being here. Nine thirty kind of snuck up on us, didn't it? Yeah, I know. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you being here. Anitra, good morning. Appreciate you being here. Roscoe, good morning. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. You 
Amen. We are victorious in Jesus. Hey, Pearl, good morning from Houston, Texas. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Amen. Brother Nate and Marnell, good morning. Thanks for joining us. We're covering different time zones now here. <laughs> That's what that means. Amen. We appreciate you being here. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us. Covering a lot of bases today. It's good. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. All right. That was I Really Love the Lord by Reverend Milton Bigham. Um, and I appreciate uh, the music selections as always. Every uh, time we get together on Sunday morning, it's just to get us started and get us into the mindset and the frame of mind that we are ready to hear from the Lord and, and let him speak to us as we go through the uh, scriptures that are designated for Sunday school. So we appreciate you uh, being here this morning. I want to take care of some business before we get started with our session of Sunday School. We have, um, first of all, I want to extend some uh, thanks to um, Walter for uh, participating in the Open Mic Sunday School. Um, last week we had Open Mic Sunday School, and I'm very, very happy that we were able to do that um, and get him introduced into uh teaching Sunday school, uh, just getting involved and sitting before a group of people and talking about the word. And, and we appreciate we were able to do that. We um, want to make sure that we're making a note, though, uh, of extending uh, words of prayer uh, for Walter's mother, who is uh, in intensive care in the hospital. And we just want to make sure that we, we will pray for that um, as uh, we uh, get into prayer, I'm making a note for myself so I don't forget, um, but I want to make sure that we're uh, giving that the proper attention that it deserves. We, we uh, want to do that. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for joining us this morning as well, too. Greg and Carolyn, we appreciate you being here. Um, and we thank 
we certainly welcome and encourage anyone who wants to get involved with Sunday school and teach Sunday school as well too. We, the, the goal that we have, and we learned some very important things when we went to the um, conference this week down in Columbus uh, about the importance of participation amongst the, the believers in churches. There's a lot of churches in the Alliance. Uh, in fact, about 80% of the churches, um, uh, in fact, uh, have about 100 people or less that are within a church, which means that there's challenges uh, involved with participation within the churches. And so for that, for what it's worth, we're going to always ask. We're going to always ask that uh, uh, people are willing to step up and teach Sunday school. Uh, but we're going to ask, and we ask that you pray about it and, and seek the Lord as far as what your role is in the church. We we appreciate you doing that. Um, as a brief reminder also, too, please remember your tithes and offerings. We do value your giving consideration to the aspect of worship through giving. Uh, if you are not able to come to our church, you're welcome to mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you giving that prayerful consideration. We want to thank everybody who's been contributing as well, too. We we know that we are a small church, but we certainly uh, don't take for granted all those who take the time to pray and consider uh, how they give and what their giving is. And we are very thankful for those who have uh, made those contributions, especially during COVID and, and, and up until this point, we have been pleasantly surprised, amazed. Um, we, we appreciate that very much. So thanks again for doing so. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get into Sunday school. And for the benefit of my bride, just giving her the information too, we're going to be in the book of John and we're going to continue in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. John 14, verses 15 through 31. Um, before we get started, though, we're going to take some time to pray because that's very important to do before we get going with looking at what God's Word has to say. And I, I thank everyone for being here this morning for our audience here in church. Um, and we appreciate you being here. Uh, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for your presence this morning. We are reminded that where more than two are gathered in your name, you are indeed present. And we are so thankful for you to be here. And from being here, Lord, we now want to just draw upon you through the power of the Spirit for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we go over your word. And this word that we are going to be looking at today is very personalized for us. It really does reflect the importance of us acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is not just a thing you're a real person, and we thank you for that. We thank you for truly being with us and knowing that we need your help. You provide the Spirit for us in the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, including sharing about the truth with others. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. Teach us, Lord. May the words that are used not be the words just coming directly from me, but coming through you. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Oh, one more thing. 
we do lift up to you Walter's mom right now uh, who is in the hospital. We pray, Lord, for peace to preside over the family, peace to preside over um, uh, Walter's mom. And Lord, we thank you for how you indeed are present in difficult moments like this. Grant us grace and peace as we go forward and teach us as we go. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I almost forgot, see? That's why I had to slow myself down and just make sure. But we appreciate your prayers and we thank you for remembering Walter's mom as well too. Um, We are going to now get into John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to that if you haven't already. John 14, verses 15 through 31. I want you to consider today, as we get into this passage, because this is where Jesus is still giving instructions to his disciples. He's about to uh, embark upon the last phase of his ministry where he is about to go to Jerusalem. And he is going to, uh, frankly, go there because he's going to go to the cross. Of course, everybody else may have a different idea of what Jesus is doing at that time. But he is very determined to go and do exactly what God has called him to do. And he is being obedient to the Father. But now he's going to be making a very, very important declaration to the disciples about um, what they will receive uh, in due course uh, once Jesus completes his work. And he's going to be talking about the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we all have to pay attention to as we read this passage as we go through this passage together I want everyone to consider how uh, Jesus is teaching us here that our reliance upon the spirit is so important as we go about the business of sharing the gospel sharing the truth with other people let's start reading the passage this is the New Living Translation Um, starting at verse 15 in John chapter 14. We'll read all the way through and then go back over it. So thank you for being here again this morning. We appreciate it. Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. Verse 20, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 22, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. 
My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Verse 24, Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me, and remember my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Remember that part. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. Verse 29, I have told these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Okay, that's John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. I want you, as we go through this passage, to personalize everything we've just read. Because what Jesus is revealing to his disciples, he's also revealing directly to us. We have the benefit of knowing all the things that Jesus did on the cross for us. We have the benefit of knowing what he did to pay for the penalties for our sins and that we have eternal life with the Father because we believe and trust in Jesus Christ. We have the benefit of all this information. The disciples did not have this benefit, the benefit of this information. But what he's telling us here, what Jesus is saying here, is that they're going to learn and they're going to believe. That's what it says in verse 29. When these things happen, you're going to believe. We have all this information for our benefit now, but we also need to see what Jesus is saying to us in this passage about his truth and who the Spirit is in our lives, who this advocate is. So let's go back to the top, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. Now, for those of you who are familiar with uh, Dr. Uh, Vernon McGee, J. Vernon McGee, he took, (laughs) he wrote so many words about this one verse in his commentary and it deserves attention. No, there's no question about that because this word, these words here, if you love me, obey my commandments, this is a very, very important thing for all believers in Jesus Christ to understand. If you really want to love God, you keep his word in front of you and make sure that you're always in his word all the time because that's the only way, let's just use it for what it is, that you can love Jesus back by being obedient to his commands. You can say you love God all you want to, but at the end of the day, you have to love him back by being obedient to his word. Uh, I would ask that you would just hold your questions and we will and we will talk about those things later. That'd be great. Absolutely. Um, But keep in mind that 
when we're talking about loving God, the challenge that we have as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is what? In many cases, obedience. Because the Spirit reminds us of what it is to be obedient, but we have to decide if we want to, frankly, listen to the Spirit when it comes to obedience. So from that standpoint, the Spirit, indeed part of the Godhead, he must be a person. He's not just another being. He is the person of the Godhead that dwells within us. And we will, when we look at this passage and look at what it's saying here, go back to verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. And your Bible, uh, advocate should be capitalized because that's referring to uh, another person of the Godhead. And then verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Do you know why? Because people who don't believe in Jesus have no dealings with the Holy Spirit. No understanding about the Holy Spirit. They don't want to know about the Spirit because they're making a choice to not believe in who Jesus is. But look at what it says in verse the rest the rest of this verse here. But if you but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And that's for those who have a knowledge of Jesus, but now we have the indwelling of the Spirit that we can enjoy because of what Jesus did on the cross. The Holy Spirit has always been present. Old Testament, we know that the Holy Spirit was was sometimes come upon a person and they would be empowered and be able to do certain things in the Lord, but it was not about being indwelling. He is just acting and moving along. And we had to, to see that and understand that now Jesus is giving him um, what's necessary to be able to indwell believers and empower believers because of what he ultimately completed for us on the cross. Later, we'll be in you. We have the benefit of an indwelling spirit. What does that mean for us? Well, he kind of mentions this in the next part of the passage. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. We have a relationship with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to see here. The advocate, the Spirit of God himself, would come after Jesus was gone, would Jesus would leave, to care for his disciples. To care for them, because they would need care. They would need something to reinforce the teachings of Jesus. We know that that would take place. Um, if you like it, take a look real quick, if you, if you are able to, at John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 22. I'm moving very quickly on that, only because I didn't plan to mention it, but we need to see. Uh, let's start with verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21, and we're going to also read verse 22 and 23. And this is, again, Jesus speaking. This is after he went to the cross and returned. But he's now going to give the disciples what they need to be able to carry on Jesus' mission. They're the ones that directly carried on his mission. 
Verse 21, John chapter 20. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Remember, this is exactly what he's doing with us. He's sending us too. And it says in verse 22, Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. They have a special ability, a special power to carry on Jesus' mission. And, but the Spirit had to be the one that would give them that authority to do so. And Jesus, many times in his ministry, acted with the Spirit. The Spirit was empowering Jesus. You have to remember when Jesus... Uh, Lord himself to be with us as a human being, he was acting in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things like the healing, the carrying out of uh, providing the truth and the information that the uh, Pharisees needed to hear, all the people needed to hear. He was doing all these things in the power of the Spirit. But now we're talking about the indwelling of the Spirit. The Spirit was poured out on all the believers at Pentecost, which we won't uh, cover here. We know it's in Acts chapter 2. But this was after Jesus, what? Ascended. He had left. He did exactly what he had promised to do. That he would provide the Holy Spirit. What does that mean to you when you read this information? Every person who believes in Jesus as Lord has the indwelling Spirit to help you carry on and carry out your mission on behalf of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God within us. A very weighty thing, isn't it? Recognizing that you have the Spirit to help you. The Spirit helps you do what? Understand. Understand what God would have you to do. The Spirit provides wisdom The Spirit provides you with information to help you to, as you go through the Word, that's why you've got to go back to verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. You obey the commands of God because of the Spirit. The Spirit helps you to be obedient to what God is saying. He helps us live in the manner that God would have us to live. He helps us build up the church. He helps us to encourage others in the church as well, too. He helps us to share truth. I'm going to make a somewhat controversial statement here. But there are a lot of people out there who claim to share truth. But if it's not God's truth, then they're not acting in the Spirit. Because God doesn't lie. God tells the truth. And we know that there are people in our lives, and I'm sure we've run into them before, who operate in such a manner where they will use the veil of Christ as a way of operating, but at the end of the day, it's proven out in what? The truth aspect. Are they true? Is the truth being told? So, the Spirit provides truth. He leads into all truth. That's what it says in verse 17. And the world in this present state, the fleshliness, doesn't want anything to do with the Spirit. 
The world would much rather live in any manner it chooses, but outside of the will of God. And if you're outside of the will of God, the Spirit will have nothing to do with you. We as believers have to understand that we can overcome what the Spirit tells us if we choose to live in a fleshly manner. Amen? Yeah, nobody wants to amen to that because that's the truth. They recognize that for what it truly is. Those of you online, I know you said amen, so okay. <laughs> that's the most important thing. But we have to dwell upon the fact that in faith and believing in Jesus at any given moment, we're working with the Spirit in faith. God is truth. Back in verse 16, I kind of jumped past it, I don't want to, but the word advocate that's used here, um, it combines the idea of being comforted and being counseled. And some Bibles will refer to the Holy Spirit as a counselor, which um, we have a gentleman in this room who was a former counselor um, and was a very good one. But there is no better counselor than the, the Holy Spirit who indeed also is that role with, uh, with, uh, that we uh, recognize as well too. But he's also a comforter. He's an encourager as well too. And there have been many times when we've had to rely upon the Holy Spirit to comfort us. When do we usually need to be comforted? When there's serious illness, death in the family, we ask for the comfort of the Spirit, and He does indeed do that. And He also encourages us as well, too. The encouragement comes from the fact that He is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us as believers until we leave this world. The Holy Spirit is a very powerful person on our side. He works for us, and he works within us. That's why when I said earlier about internalizing exactly what Jesus is saying to his disciples, that's very important. And let's emphasize how we as believers can choose to live in the Spirit. He's there for us at ready, willing, and able to assist us. But we still have to choose to allow the Spirit to live within us. Amen? We have to make that choice. John chapter 14, verse 16. He says He'll never leave us. He never wants to leave us. And these are truths about the Spirit that we need to recognize. He lives with us and within us. And that's what it says here in... The passage. He is with us and in us. And as you go through the passage, you're going to see the different ways that Jesus refers to what the Spirit does. He teaches us. He reminds us of the words of God in order for us to be obedient to Him. He convicts us when we sin. And I, I'm not pleased to say it, but I know when I've sinned and I know that I've been convicted by it because the Spirit is the one who's doing it. Let's put it this way. If the Spirit weren't convicting me of sin, then i got a bigger problem. 
they got a much bigger problem. So I'm glad that he does convict me of sin. He convinces us when we sin. He reflects upon us the righteousness of God with those very actions. And, as you'll see later on in John 16, when we get to that passage, he announces God's judgment on evil too. We serve a righteous God. And we have a lot of people who try to say, well, why would a God send somebody to hell? Doesn't he love us? And the answer is yes, he does love us. But it's not a contradiction because we send ourselves to hell because we don't believe in Jesus. Um, let's take a look at something that I think is important for us to pay attention to. Um, let's see if I can find it here. It has to do with when the Holy Spirit, when we deny the Spirit, and I want to see if I can get to it here real quick. It's in Matthew. Let's see if I can find it. Because we need to look at that passage and really understand how we are the ones who, at the end of the day, um, condemn ourselves because we don't believe in Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to find it right away. But I know it's in Matthew and I know it's also in Mark and I should have wrote it down. But at the end of the day, this is also why we do encourage everyone here to uh, go back over the study and look at it. But I'm going to paraphrase essentially what it says in those passages. But it's in Matthew and it's in Mark as well too. Uh, when Jesus is referring to how you can deny who Jesus is, but that's not the unforgivable sin. It's when you deny the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? The Holy Spirit is the one who gets people convicted to make a decision for Jesus. And that's the unpardonable sin. That person who denies Jesus, and, and, this, and he was referring to the Pharisees when the Pharisees were saying that, well, you know, the Spirit is a lying spirit. Well, you just basically said that you denied Jesus because you don't believe the Spirit is truthful. And so you're denying that he's acting with a, a spirit that is lying. And that is the unforgivable, unpardonable sin. And without going down a rabbit hole, we know that there are many sins that we commit and can commit and have committed, but the one unpardonable sin ultimately comes down to believing in Jesus because the Holy Spirit, you have to deny who the Spirit is in your life. Pardon me? It's in the timeline? Oh. Go to Matthew chapter 12. Thank you. That's where I was looking for too. When you're, when you're moving along quickly though, you're... Thank you for doing that. It helps when you have a, a, a wonderful, lovely assistant who um, provides information. When I told her what I was going to talk about today and then I forgot to write it down, that was on me. <laughs> But go to Matthew chapter 12. Let's look at verses 22. Let's look at verses... Let's start with verse... 25. Matthew 12, verse 25. 
This is in response to what the Pharisees... Remember, the Pharisees hated Jesus because of what he represented. He knew that uh, They knew that he was the authority that was getting more and more popularity. And the Pharisees were just trying to say all kinds of things to make accusations against Jesus, to try to discount him, discredit him. That's typically what you do when you have an opponent who is an enemy. You try to discredit that enemy, right? Uh, in such a way where they have less credibility amongst the people. Verse 24, when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets power from Satan, the prince of demons. Verse 25 of Matthew 12, Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. Verse 27, if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Verse 30. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. That, everyone, is the unpardonable sin. Denying the Holy Spirit. You condemn yourself when you deny the Spirit. The Spirit was the agent acting on behalf of Jesus to get people saved and acts in that manner today. And that's what we have to recognize as well, too, as we look at this. And we still have to come back and remember that even with that type of rhetoric, remember Jesus, in the previous chapters we've read, and especially at the beginning of chapter 14, Jesus is expressing how much he loves his disciples. He loves his disciples. He loves them in spite of their imperfection. He loves them for who they are. And he's showing us how much he loves us, of course, because he died on the cross for us and he went to the cross. But he's expressing the same love for us today because he's giving us a helper to help us live in this world where we're facing all kinds of opposition, all kinds of turmoil, all kinds of stresses, all kinds of strife. How important is the Holy Spirit for us today? Where would we be without the Spirit? That's a reflection of how much He loves us. He gives us this advocate. He gives us this person in the Spirit. And... We need to understand that 
we as believers should be very intimate with what the Spirit is capable of doing. It's part of our education understanding. We need to be aware of what the Spirit does. But we need to understand and be aware too that the Spirit is the reflection of the love of Jesus for us. And that's important. Let's go back to the passage in John chapter 14. Let's read verse 18 again. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. And verse 20, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. He is showing that his death on the cross and the fact that he's returning again is the completion of everything that he was supposed to do on behalf of the Father. And that anybody who understands who Jesus is, of course, the information is going to come through the power of the Spirit dwelling within and provide complete understanding of that aspect. And so he's saying he's going away, but he's coming back. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming back? Amen. And the reason why we believe that is what? Through the power of the Spirit. The Spirit has to give us this information. Remember, how does the world act without the Spirit? He's not, who is this Jesus? I have no idea who Jesus is. The world has no, does not care about Jesus' return. And does not, is not preparing for it, is not ready for it. And we know that when people reject the Holy Spirit, there's a fate that they're going to come to that's not going to be very good for them. But yet we know it happens all the time. Jesus said he's going to come to us. He means what he says. Even though we have Jesus at the right hand of the Father right now, the Spirit is what we have to live here today. He enables us to live. And if we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus. We have Jesus with us. That's the amazing thing that we have. We have God living within us. There's no greater thing to have than that. But we need Him. We need every bit of Him living within us. Back to verse 19 again. Since soon the world would no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. He's letting us know that we're going, to, we're going to see him again. But Jesus doesn't reveal everything that we're going to encounter. And honestly, that's a very good thing because we don't need to know. There are some things that we just don't need to know about the life that we're living today. I think we've had these hypothetical discussions about what would happen if we knew how many days we had left. Well, our whole character would change. We wouldn't be living the way Jesus would have us to live if we knew how many days we had left. We don't need to know that. And there are certain things or certain aspects of our life that we don't need to know 
about what we're going to experience. The most important thing that we can know is that, okay, it doesn't really matter. I remember something from the little rascals. <laughs> uh, I thank the Spirit for revealing this too. One of the characters, one of the kids of our gang said, you know, where are you going? And the answer is, I don't know, but I'm on my way. And that's exactly what we need to understand too. We don't know where we're going, but we're on our way. We're moving forward. And we do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows what's going to happen. He gives us what we need to be ready and prepared for the future. Prepared. How do we prepare? We stay in the Word. How do we prepare? We stay in prayer. How do we keep prepared, being, remain prepared? Staying in the Word, reading in the Word, praying over what you've read, allowing the Spirit to speak to you, allowing the Spirit to enrich you with information. Because that's what you'll need. He calls us to live according to His standard. His standard of truth. His standard of what it is to be righteous. Not in a pious way, but in a way where you take a stand for truth. We live in a world where lies are prominent and prevalent. And I've told many people, you know what? Do yourself a favor. Don't dwell on the lies. Don't focus on what's being seen on TV. Don't live in such a manner where, you know, some of the programming is just based upon demonic activity. Just stay clear of it. You don't need to look at it to know that it's false. It's already false. You stay in God's truth. You live by His standards. And we already know that we have a world that is beyond broken and sin is prevalent. We don't need to oversaturate our minds and hearts with that. We just need to stay focused on what the truth is about Jesus and not in such a way where we're just living in our homes and locking ourselves in, but we are now talked about, talking about what? Proclaiming the gospel. Why is Jesus speaking to the disciples about the Spirit? He's preparing them for what they have to do in the world. And he's doing the same thing for us. When he says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go into all the world and preach the gospel, well, he's not saying sit at home. He's saying we have to get out and get into the world and talk about the goodness of God. He is preparing us for this way of life and he's reiterating in his word, he's never going to leave us. He's going to be within us. He's going to show himself to us. He already knows what's going to happen. He already knows about who you are. He knows you intimately because he's dwelling within, within you. And he knows what you need. So with all of that information, we don't need to fear. We don't need to be afraid. Will we be fearful? Of course we will. But that's the opposite of faith. How do you overcome fear? Faith. Remain faithful 
We don't have to know what's going to happen in the future. But our faith in God is what's important here. That's our security for the future. We already know what He's done on the cross for us. We already know that He's taking care of eternity for us. Why do we need to be fearful? If we have that, we know what we have to look forward to. Let's drop down to verse 21. Go back to John 14, 21. And I need to pick this up. I'm way behind here. Um, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And we need to understand that Jesus was saying to the followers of him, his followers, the disciples, if you love me, okay, be, stay with me. Obey the words I speak. Remember in the transfiguration when the three disciples were up on the mountain and they were watching all the things going on with uh, the transfiguration, then the, out of the cloud came a voice. This is my son. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Those were God's words. Listen to him. Listen to what he has to say. He's going to be sharing truth. The love that Jesus has for us carries with it about a commitment to live in such a manner, your conduct to live in such a manner to be obedient to Jesus. And that's important for us to see. A couple more. We'll probably just continue with this next week. Go back to John 14, verse 22. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Because understand that there is an understanding here that the disciples have, they really believe that Jesus is going to come and take over when he goes to Jerusalem and be the king and elevated as king. So they're acting with different understanding than what we have privy to, we're already privy to. And in verse 23, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. And verse 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. And you have to understand that that's why we have to have the Spirit as an advocate in our lives. To understand God's Word being truth. And those who choose not to love God, remember, if you choose not to select Jesus, you choose not to love God, you choose not to love anything that God has to say, it means that you're not going to be a follower of Jesus. You're not going to be the one who recognizes the importance of obedience to His Word. You're choosing to live for yourself. If you love Jesus, you prove it by obeying what he says in his word. You prove it through obedience. And Judas was struggling with the fact, how come you're not telling the world at large that 
He's the Messiah. How come you're not sharing this information? Well, not everybody was ready to hear it and not everybody was ready to understand Jesus' message either. So what we'll do, because of the time element, and of course we didn't spend as much time as I would have liked here, but we'll carry it over next week and continue this study. So, thank you for your patience while I stumbled through this today. But I want you to understand and really get what it is to love Jesus. And the greatest takeaway of all this is that And he says it in verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. You have to make a decision and say, you know what, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to be in your word. I want to learn more about your word. I want to study your word. We're not just playing with this. We're actually getting into the Word and studying it and looking at it all the time. We're being sincere in our commitment to seek Jesus and truly love Him through His Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You again for this time that we've spent in Your Word. Teach us, Lord. We want Your teaching. We want Your truth. We want your understanding. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you praise and thanks for all these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. For those of you online, stay tuned online in the timeline for Pastor Gus's message, uh, The Church at Work. It is in the timeline right now uh, following this broadcast. We appreciate you being here. We will continue this next week. And God bless you. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time.